Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Do it, do it. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This one's a big one, guys. This is episode 250. Yeah, exactly. For August 26th. 2020. Uh, Reclaimed Audio is brought to you by Klingspore's Woodworking Shop. Guys, we're super excited about this. The um, Since I didn't get the product that we're all getting mailed out because I live in Canada and apparently the mail doesn't exist anymore, uh, we will continue to promote the uh, the sample pack. It's uh, 50, 50 sheets of, you know, uh, hook and loop, 5-inch uh, random orbit sander from a whole bunch of different grits. It's already 19.99, but to get another 10% off, use uh, promo codes either broccoli, utilize, or disagree. Disagree, I think we can all agree, is the easiest to spell out of all of those. So feel free to use that, um, and then you get 10% off. I agree. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, this week's top Patreon supporters are all of them. So I'm going to read them out in alphabetical order. And please why are me. you doing that though? Because it's the 250th episode. Yeah. That's, I thought we should point that out, that's all. Right, no, no, let's check off that box. Because it's the 250th episode! Woo! Um, here we go. <laughs> oh, we're still doing that. Okay, good. That sounded like a sewing machine, but that's cool. It was supposed to be a yeah. flaws. Yeah, no, I... Yeah. You're welcome. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, here we go. Don't get mad at me if I pronounce these wrong. Aaron Lund. AC nailed it. Achilles. Adam O'Neill, Al's Hackshack, Anders Wadman, Be Inspired with Dominic, Ben Babasuthi, Brett Benson, Brian Arsenault, Cameron Seegers, Camille Good, Chad from Mancrafting, Chad's Custom Creations, Chet Schnitzler, Chris DeBoer, Chris McIntosh, Chris Ryan's Workshop, Christopher Pixley, Chuck Curtis, Creator Nader, Dan Stark, Daniel, Dear Lord, My Hands Hurt Sullivan, <laughs> Danny Ollendorf, Daryl Cooksey, Darren Mattis, Dave Bauer, David Bellhorn, Eric Blanchett, Factotum Industries, G Customs, Garage Monk, that's uh, Gary Fuji, Jeeves, Grant Paulson, uh, which is, um, Grant Paulson is Isotunes, right? Um, Greg Fitzgerald, Greg Mead, Hugh Scott Designs, Paul Jackman, Jeff Shaw, Jaron Clock, Jim Bashirs, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Joey Vargas, John Spillers, uh, Jonathan Gunson, Josh Frankel, Klingspore's Woodworking Shop, Kyle Schaub, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Langston, a.k.a. Construct Icon, building a battle cat right now out of steel, pretty sick, Laura Kampf, LiquidRC.com, Make, Break, Repeat, Make It Just Because You Can, Maker on the Move, Maker Geek, Marcus Hoffman, Marsh Wildman, Matt Cole, Matt Valbrecht, Matt Williams, Michael Bielner, Michael Bomarito, Nick Carruthers, Opposable Thumbs, Oystein Bjorndal, Patty Gilstrap, Paul Mayette, uh, Peter Nabicht, Phil Patrick, Cuball Woodworking, Rachel Steele, Riley Davis, Rob Hamlet, Scott Turner, Shane Bronson, Shimmering Trash Pile, Square Splinter, Stu Morrison, Tim Holliner, Tim Sway, <laughs> Tom O'Dell, Turgworks, Wesley Treat, and Billy Lutz. Holy macaroni, that's a huge list. Thank you, everyone. Did you get Gangi and Papa? I was waiting with the bell. Did you say Gangi and Papa's makerspace? I don't think they're on the list. I think they ditched us. But ring the bell anyway. Just kidding. They're, of course. And, of course, Gangi and Papa makerspace. And, of course, what's going on right now? Uh, I'm going to ring it as soon as I say, of course? I, I'm trying to ring it after you say it, but I think we're having and a time And, of course, Gangi and Papa makerspace. All those extra rings are for uh, uh, Gengi's speed recovery. Yeah, again. indeed. Yeah, you need to get better because I'm worried too much now. It's it's hard on my. You know, it's, I'd like to make it about me and Gengi. <laughs> Good job. Let's just knock it off. Get better yeah. already. We love you. Honestly, if I have to hear one more time from Bill, like, why can't this be about me? See, you know, you know, like let's let's get up and at him. Up and at them. Um, what are we working on? What? <laughs> Funny. Oh, you got that one, eh? Up and at them. Up, 
Up and at them. Up and at them. <laughs> Up and at them. Um, that's The Simpsons. Anyways, uh, let's move on to what we're working on. I well, you know what? I, I'm gonna mo- make this my own little segment of being. Why am I not working on something yet? And this week's excuse is California's on fire. Yeah. Like, is the inside of your garage on fire, or...? It smells like it. It's The smoke is so thick. We've got um, um, absolute unhealthy air quality, according to the news every morning, because everything's in red, and it says, uh, East Bay, unhealthy. Uh, crazy. It's, it's bad. It's it's bad. It's the biggest, worstest it's ever been, and um, it's, it's insane. So, that's not really why I haven't made anything, but... You don't say. It's okay. a good enough reason why I haven't made anything for a while. Because, okay. again, California's on fire. However, Casey's dad's birthday, we got to drive up and see them in Napa. And that was a great thing. Not because he's, like, extremely old now. But because they've got, again, fires on all three sides of where they live. That luckily, the wind turned enough to start pushing it away again. And okay. that's... Yeah, so... But that that was fun. And then driving through... Uh, the Bay Area just—it looks like it's fog, but it's not. It's smoke. You can taste it. You can actually Crazy. taste. There's ash and soot and nasty in the air everywhere. You can taste it. Wow! wow. It's like the Industrial Revolution, except no one's working because it's California. But um, is it 46 years that you're in Lancer together? Yeah. How'd you know that? Not you're not the only one who can stalk people, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I for some reason. I am friends with your mother-in-law on Facebook, and I saw her post the other day. Oh. Yeah. That worked well, out. that's a hoot. Yes, a hoot indeed. She likes she likes to stalk me. You know what happened? I can tell you what happened. Berkey. So, they met Andy Berkey at Maker Fair, yeah. and she decided that everybody I know must be as cool as Andy Berkey, so that she goes through my posts and see who's, you know, who interacts with my posts, and then yeah. friends everybody. Yeah. Oh well, then she's going to be wildly disappointed. Yeah, I know. I tried to warn her. Yeah, started really high up the pecking order there. Yeah. 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 Well, now I feel bad. Yeah. Um, hmm. I feel bad for. Anyway, so that's why I'm not working on anything. Is uh, my state is on fire. Okay. Tim, why don't you take a crack at this? Uh, I wanted to mention that I don't know if you know this or not. But <laughs> here we go. Hollow core doors Hollow are the doors new palette. New palette. <laughs> and um, you know what? I don't believe you. Is it in print anywhere, Tim? Because that's the only way it would be legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, funny you should mention that, Bill, because it turns out that in the August edition of Make Magazine, the print version, there is an article about using hollow core doors as uh, material in your reclaimed woodworking, written by some. You crackpot. do not say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very I'm very proud of that. And um, since this is my two minutes to toot my own horn, wait, hang on. Let me. You know, this, <laughs> this went better in rehearsal. Yeah, we didn't rehearse. We don't rehearse anything. What are you talking about? Um, that's the joke. Woo. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that that's out. I wanted to just mention that. I don't think that article's online yet. I think they hold that stuff before it goes online. But it's in the print print edition, which is exciting to me. I just think that's cool. You know, um, that is cool. And I've been working on, um, uh, I'm trying to just get caught up because I'm going to have some some time crunches in the near future or not going to have as much time to work as I normally would have. And so I'm trying to get sort of caught up and stocked up on something. So I've been busting my butt trying to get my my DIY bass guitar kits ready uh, as well as some other stuff. And um, so I'm filming the video that will be like accompany the kits. I've got most of the parts in for the kit, pretty much all of it except for the pickups. And I'm making one that I'm filming the whole process of making and I'm not using a CNC of course I'm using all regular woodshop tools and I mentioned in the podcast that you know Bill he sent me his coffee table like that piece of redwood that he had made into a table years ago that then the table was no longer in use and he sent me that top and so I've been using that and it's been super interesting and exciting to use it Bill like more than I thought it would be because <laughs> you know it's like you know yeah wood is wood but you know I I work you know, somewhat famously reclaimed and local, you know, so I've got, and I use my nose a lot. Like I'm, you know, like I cut wood and smell it to identify and stuff like that. Cause a lot of times when it's a mm-hmm. hundred something years old, it all kind of looks the same at that point. And, and it, so it's like every time I cut it, it's just this completely new smell I've never smelled before. Hmm. 
And so it's it, like the first time I cut, I was like, "What? Huh? What?" <laughs> you know? And I, I was like What's a dog, like, like, um, you know, it's tough to Don't say. It's say a, what? Cedar esque. It's, it's cedar-esque. yeah, it's definitely cedar esque. It's a little, a little okay. sweet, but um, it's a, it's a okay. different, it's a different flavor than cedar, but it's similar to yeah, cedar. It's, it's definitely in the family. It, that's it's weird, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's neat. Huh. It's neat, and it's um, it's a little bit denser than I expected. I expected it to be more like the density of cedar, especially because those trees grow so big. You know, I just yeah. figured like in order to get that big, it'd be like fast, loose grain. You know, but it's not. It's, it's pretty it's, tight. It's a soft wood, but it's it's uh, maybe it's on the harder side of a soft wood. I guess it's like it's almost poplar. Not quite that hard, but it's not quite that hard. It's definitely one of the hardest pines. I mean, poplars are not pine. They're not pine, are they? No, no but they're thing. of the or, softest or of the hardwoods. Right, but it, so this is a. Well, this is the soft. This is the hardest of the soft hardest wood. of the softwood. Okay, I would say, that's yeah. why I thought there might be some overlap there, but I guess yeah. there isn't. I mean, there there are, have been some some white cedars pieces that I've had that have been pretty hard, but this is still mm-hmm. like like harder than that by far. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great stuff. It's uh, I've been enjoying it. It looks beautiful, so I can't wait to finish the base up. And um, put that stuff out. Yeah, I'm excited. I like what you posted so far. It looks really cool. So. Thanks. Yeah, I, I had like that first coat of of uh, Total Boat Halcyon on it, and when I took the picture, and so it's like splotchy still. You know, it was like because that wood is it's sucking it up. It, it was like, oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should have put something on first. I kind of sucked it up more than I thought it would. But um, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just, just another step, right? <laughs> How about you, Phil? Um. So. My what I've been up to is sort of going to lead into our topic, so I'll try to sort of dance around it a little bit. Um, but uh, actually, I wanted to point out because I just saw somebody online who made a really cool guitar, and I wonder if you saw it. Johnny Brook from Crafted. Did you see what he did as a guitar? I don't think so. So what he did uh, was he the, made it the, a, the exploded view thing. With yeah. The pipes. Yeah. 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 So exactly as Bill just said, it's an exploded view. So it's three sections of a guitar. Um, but then it's held together with uh, copper pipe, copper pipe. And, oh, uh, cool. and then the, the and then the the sort of the two floating I guess would be the armrest and the leg rest portion of it right well whatever mm-hmm. would tuck under your arm uh, the main part that's resin so it was uh, pretty cool anyways I thought it would an interesting oh, yeah. I just, innovative I just take pulled on. up uh, I'm looking at the thumbnail right now yeah that's a that's a neat look. yeah yeah that's cool well since we're throwing it out there um, is it uh, Tamara? From three by three custom, yeah. She smart. just made she made one out of uh, plywood, a body out of plywood by laminating a bunch of st- a wood together, and made a guitar body out of it. So that was kind of cool too. Hmm. You out. know my my uh, recommendation is going to be about a guitar. It's, do you know Do you know Miles? Make with Miles. Uh, he's sixteen year old, probably uh, uh, maker in Oregon, and uh, he I sent him one of my guitar kits that he's been making a guitar out of plywood out of. Where he did like a pattern oh. plywood thing, kind of like Omfab type of a thing and it, mm-hmm. and it, like I was just helping him with it today he was like asking me some questions about wiring and stuff and I, I he's been sending me pictures of it and it's uh it's really pretty slick I can't believe the kid's like 16 years old and he built this thing it looks incredible and so he'll have a video about that coming out soon hopefully soon that's cool yeah. amazing so um, I got the end out of the way Whew. perfect <laughs> that's always our problem um yeah. so I I took apart an outdoor chair so I have um I put out this call, as I'm sure some of us do, and I actually I know we recommend you doing this. Like, if you are a reclaimer and you want to sort of get your hands on some wood, you know, network it, get it out there, let people know that this is something that you want. So I have a uh, I have a Facebook group that I moderate with a friend of mine. It's called uh, Greater Montreal Dads, and if you're in Montreal and you're a dad, that's the two prerequisites to get into the group. And so um, I put it out to my group and I said, uh, Hey guys. If you're going to throw out a piece of solid wood furniture, let me know, and I'll come and get it. Uh, so the first time, someone sent me a picture of two cutoffs of a 2x4 that had nails through it. And they're like, hey, man, I just have this. you want it? I was like, that's super cool, but no thanks. Um, <laughs> and then the next picture that someone sent me was like some, some PT that had come out of an old deck. And they're like, I got all this wood. Do you want it? I was like, also thank you but no and then a buddy of mine texted me a picture he's like i saw your post on facebook i have uh, one of my uh my uh deck chairs and it's done i was like okay all right you know at that point i felt like 
I had said no too many times, and maybe I could make something. So I picked it up, and I just took it apart yesterday, actually, with my daughter. And uh, and it was pretty much just glued together. So I just used the mallet to pound out. And to, I got about maybe 12 or 15 slats out of it, curved slats, the armrests, you know, and the leg supports and all that stuff. So for a small project, or maybe I could glue up some panels to make out of it. I don't even know what kind of wood it is because it's not teak. Uh, but it it has lasted about 10 years outdoors, so it's got to be something I figure exotic, but um, I'll put it through the planer and see what it looks like. But my point about this story was one of responsibility. And by now we've come up with a very clever title for the episode, but no, um, not yet. No, we haven't no, we haven't done that yet. Uh, in the meantime, it's called responsibility. And so what responsibility do we have as reclaimers, if we have one at all? to pick up, to reclaim the things that we see. You know, what's that line? Like, do we have a responsibility at one point? Because we are gonna use wood if we are woodworkers. We are gonna use steel if we're metal workers. Do we have some kind of a responsibility to pick up the bare minimum of what is possible to work with? Or do we get to be super picky and we only take what we want and quesera sera? Well, I, I think our, I think this applies to a lot of things that we do as reclaimers. Um, being responsible about the materials we use, where we get them, all of that. But one of the biggest responsibilities in my book, so the answer is quite simply yes. And what I think we are most responsible for is our communication with people, friends, um, uh, shops, whatever. If you say, and I, I said this jokingly to you earlier, if you say, hey, don't throw away your garbage, I want it, and that's what you're going to get, and you're, you're going to be responsible for that. But if you explain, I'm a reclaimer, um, if you have any hardwoods specifically or old furniture, before you throw it out, give me a shout. That's great. I would love that. And I might. Again, all these all these outs. You're leaving yourself. Right. Mm. Right. Because I mean, and it's not that you're just necessarily going to be picky, but maybe you're in the middle of a project. You don't have time to drive a couple towns away to pick up what well, normally you might, but it's like, I don't have the time now. So you have to, you have to weigh that. But if you mm-hmm. say, Hey, don't throw away your, your, your hardwood furniture. I'll take it. Well, then you kind of do have that responsibility to go get it. But I think it's just communicating. What are you really doing? Especially if you're dealing with businesses, because in the past, especially I have I have gone to places and said, hey, you know, cabinet shop or wh- wherever, you know, metal fabrication. It's like, hey, you know, do you mind if I come by once a week, or do you mind if I do this thing? And if you're going to make that kind of an arrangement with somebody, you are responsible to uphold your end of what that might be. You know, right. even if it's they're going to call you and say, hey, I, you know, we're, we're getting ready to throw this pile away or melt it down, whatever it is. You need to come and check it out. You need to, you need to stop what you're doing and go do that because that's long term. That's going to be a good source for you for material mm-hmm. speaking as a business. Friends and family, you might, you know, they might get irritated because, you, you know, you say, hey, I'm going to come and get it. And you don't. But I think the responsibility, again, is just the communication that you put out there. What, so people what understand. About- so, so that's like a responsibility that you've created because you've entered into some kind of an agreement with these, the people that you've requested. I mean more philosophically, like as reclaimers, period, regardless of the relationship with the other person, do we have a responsibility to the planet maybe? Obviously, I, I don't mean to be that corny, but do we have a responsibility to try to keep as much out as we possibly can as long as it meets at some kind of minimum threshold of usability? I, I, again, and I'll let Tim take on some a little bit more of this, but think of our podcast. We all three take on that responsibility, just different levels of it, right? Right. So so you're saying it does exist at a minimum level. I, I think if you're going to claim to be a reclaimer, then that responsibility is part of that title, you know, because I'm kind of proud to say that when I when I make something and it's made out of found or 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 upcycle materials or say I save something from the, the stream in order for you to put on that hat and be all proud of yourself and puff up your chest and say hey I did this thing mm-hmm. th- that comes with some responsibility and that responsibility is yeah I am going to try that's the whole idea I mean what do you think about that Tim? Um, yeah I mean my, my thoughts have evolved on that over the years for sure because I used to be the same thing as Phil, you kind of feel like guilty, like, oh, I, I said I'd take anything, you know, and then next thing you know, you just got a yeah. bunch of garbage. And so, you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm, 
I'm just basically spending my own money to throw this stuff out or whatever. That's not that's not the business plan, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, and, and lately I haven't been I haven't been seeking, you know. So, um, but like when I have been seeking, like for instance, hollow core doors, I'll put out a post saying, you know, I'm looking for hollow core doors. Like I'm not like I'm looking for junk, you know. I'm looking for pallets. I'm looking for. So I think what what Phil's coming into is that his maybe his it was too vague for them while it might not have been vague for you it was too vague for them so what i would do Mm. in the future especially because you know you're talking about the medium that you're putting it on is i'd make a very simple photograph like a meme-sized photograph of like four or five images of with a green arrow on it or a red x (laughs) i'm serious i'm serious so you have like i know you're serious it's just it's a commentary on people though yeah, it is. They're not going to read, but so you have a picture like the the broken two by fours in the deck pile, you know, with yeah. a big no, red thanks. X through it. Yeah. You know, the MDF, right. the the crumbled MDF um, IKEA furniture, you know, bookshelf, yeah. you know, with a big X through it. But then like grandma's dining table, you know, and like the you know whatever you're interested in, you know, with the big green check mark. And uh, right. I think that would idea at all. that would help, you know, like yeah, or like just like a bag of trash, like with an X over. It. You know, what I mean, just to let people know, like I'm not a trash, like I'm a trash picker. But I'm a snobby trash picker. <laughs> yes, yes. I want that so, bumper so sticker. What, what about the title, though? So you're Tim Sway. You are a reclaimer and upcycler. You state this. You've done interviews on TV saying this. Does that make? Does that hold you accountable to actually be responsible for the planet a little bit more than the average maker? Well, sure. But the the great thing about a title like Upcycler is it's vague enough to where I, d- I didn't say I am Upcycler of everything. I just said I'm an Upcycler. You know, I'm not I'm not going to take your used diapers and make furniture out of them. That's not that's not what I'm upcycling. <laughs> you know, so it's a, like I don't feel like I have to use stuff that I can't use just because of that title. Now, personally, especially in my, in my earlier days, that was like my big thrill was to see how. And it still is to some extent, you know, how low down the food chain of like used goods can I go and still find value? Like, you know, like holocore doors, you know, being this, this big thing for me and um, like cereal boxes. Like I save, I, I have, I, I probably have like five or 600 cereal boxes saved right now. <laughs> like, Don't tell I, anyone else that. I know it's a secret. It's my, it's my retirement fund, but I have... Yeah hundreds hundreds of cereal boxes saved um because i've used them in the past for other things like business cards and stuff but i have some ideas of of doing like basically my own micarta with them and stuff like that um you know so i'm just like but but you need a, you need volume of those you know so just like every time someone finishes a box of cereal we save it and a lot of them get cut up and i use them in packaging or whatever but but uh yeah like things like that like there is that but the, the used napkin from the dinner table no that's not I'm not upcycling that. I have no responsibility to upcycle right. that. And you're not going to make me feel bad for not upcycling it. Sure. I mean, I think we all have, like, every single human being on this planet has a basic responsibility to treat the Earth as kindly as possible. But I think those of us who, you know, profess to be reclaimers and upcyclers and all that stuff maybe have a slightly larger responsibility, at least at the minimum level, of educating those who are not familiar or who don't understand but it's not but it's not decreed upon us it's like we chose that responsibility yeah yeah no for sure it's a mantle we took upon for sure but but i also do think that like yeah maybe i didn't need to take this chair i could have been like you know what bro thanks but this thing is cracked in five different places but i'll tell you what once i did get it apart i realized that it's got a ton of super useful knockdown hardware and all these like inserts that I oh, could yeah. use for something else, knockdown, you know, furniture hardware, a ton of like quarter twenty hex bolts that I know I would use, um, and some of this wood may or may not be useful, but I guess I'll slot it away and find it useful somewhere else. But on the surface of things, if I didn't put this feeler out and say no twice already, I probably would have said thanks, but no thanks. But I did feel like I had some kind of responsibility because. I had asked for it, and I because I had already said no twice to nonsense. Well, you, see, you mentioned something about educating people, and so you can, you can both educate me right now because I'm thinking of a new title. Um, but I'm serious. What about the word obligation? Do we have more of an obligation than a responsibility? And what is the difference between those two things? And I'm asking. 
I think an obligation is the same thing as a promise, and it's specific to a, a transaction or a relationship, whereas a responsibility is more... Um, it can be more vague, and it can be not necessarily tied to one specific cause. Here's you, the, here's a child the, is your responsibility, but it's not part of a transaction. Right. I, I think so that... I think all of us... Like whether we call ourselves reclaimers or not, I mean, I believe that we all have an obligation and a responsibility to leaving less crap in our wake. Um, but we mm. are just among the people that have actually accepted that obligation and responsibility, and there are people that haven't yet. Uh, and I think that's sure. not What's the difference just between our generation. Those two things, though, what is an obligation? What is a responsibility? I mean, a little more broken down Reader's Digest version. I don't really see a way, difference. I mean, Phil, Phil you just—he has some pedantic hair that he's splitting on those two words. I don't really see that big of a difference. You know, I just use them both because they were both out there. You know. Hmm. Well, cool, cool. Way to, way to, yeah, really. Yeah. Well, well what I think is, cool, cool. I think we have more of an obligation <laughs> as claiming to be a reclaimer or an upcycle than we have a responsibility. Responsibility is like I take on a mortgage. I'm responsible to pay that. I'm, like you said, you're making a contract. Where an obligation mm. is something. It's like. I'm saying I am this thing. I'm promoting myself as this thing. I'm now obligated to act like this thing to at least put some effort into that thing. Don't worry, Phil's got Google. I... Yeah, but it's almost exactly the opposite of the way Phil used the words, <laughs> which is why I'm not going to split hairs. Well, that's why that, I'm asking okay. because I, I was yeah. curious: as to, am, am I even thinking of it right? So, so here is here is how one person explains the difference. A responsibility is something you can be held accountable for. Being responsible means you have a sense of moral or ethical duty to something or someone which may imply an obligation to do something. An obligation is simply a mandate to do something that does not connote any moral or ethical dimension. So, so what I, I said was No, what I said was that being responsible was a larger, you know, a larger mandate whereas an obligation was towards one physical or not as physical but a transaction so you could have a contractual obligation or a moral obligation or both a contractual and moral obligation to do something but responsible sort of already just includes that moral word in it so yeah you don't have to put the you don't have to say a moral responsibility you just say responsibility but if you say obligation you should say moral obligation to really you, drive it home you would also never really see the word responsibility in a contract where you would see the word obligation I because it is I more transactional. I think yeah, sometimes no, I in a contract, sometimes yeah, in a contract you're going to see something like a lease. Or, you know, yeah. tenant is responsible for yeah. maintaining the yard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is so. true. This week on English Talk. Right, can we move <laughs> on from this? <laughs> hmm. Responsibilities are things you nope. take care of. An obligation is a moral or legal responsibility. It's still kind of splitting hairs, right? I mean, I, I think, Tim, you nailed it with that. It is. It does. What are you doing? Are you okay? I'm snoring. I'm snoring? Tell me this you used your phone to make that noise. <laughs> I think there definitely is a difference between the two words, but it may be very subtle, and we're certainly not going to settle it here tonight. There's a yawn. Tim. Yeah, this is a rated G podcast. You, you told me to do more. What sound did you effects. have for dinner last night, pal? <laughs> yeah, this is I, all you're I told doing. You have Phil. A, I told you to have a soundboard, not Phil, super low quality sounds off your phone. Y you are responsible for this. I am not you obligated an, to take. You that have an obligation to do it well, <laughs> morally or contractually. Contractually, absolutely contractually. There's no. So moral the name of the podcast, uh, the title is going to be responsible obligation. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess it's going to be... Or obliged responsibility. I like Ooh, that better. When you say obliged, it's like Mary J. Blige. It sounds so much better. Bien sûr. Um, yeah, so back to topic. I used to pick up a lot of garbage from people, and I used to pick up stuff I didn't want to pick up just because I felt like I had to, but now I don't. Okay. That's pretty concise. All right. Good. Yeah. Good, good. But that's, again, that's the responsibility or the obligation you felt you had to the people. Right. But I also like what you were experiencing. I don't think I was a clear enough communicator. You know what I mean? 
Like I say, I'll take I your mean, old because you, you know, I say I'll take your old furniture. I know what I mean by that. But people that don't do what we do don't realize that that thirty-five dollar IKEA, you know, dresser drawer that they have that's busted isn't what I want. You know, right? They don't. They, I mean, it's my I old was, furniture. I was very clear. Just people sort of interpret things. I was like, "Hey guys, I'm a hobbyist woodworker, mm. and I'm looking for solid wood furniture that you're going to throw away before you throw it away. Let me know." My, like that kind. My my wife is almost, is, I'm almost on the. I'm almost on the fence with Tim when saying that a picture is a good idea because yeah. I know a lot of people that yeah. think they have some really nice solid wood furniture and it's just not. To us, yeah. it would be not, but they really think it is. It's true. And they, in fact, they would be a little offended if they said, you know what, I, yeah. I don't really want to get rid of this because I should fix it, but here you go. Right. right. And then you say, no, that's not solid wood. Excuse I don't even want that in my car. Yeah. You know, my, <laughs> and, but, you know, my, my wife is married to a woodworker, right? And we were just discussing plywood the other day. Like, you know, she understood plywood as being, you know, like the stuff that's under your kitchen floor. Because Maddie and I made something and I told her I was like, going to make it out of plywood. And so she was picturing, you know, subflooring. She's like, what right. do you mean you're going to make it out? I was, like, I was like, no, the good stuff. She's like, well, what do you mean the good stuff? And so I had to explain to her, I was like, oh, you can actually get really nice plywood. It can be a couple hundred bucks a sheet, you know? For like, sure. And, and, but, you know, so here's, you know, she's married to a woodworker, and she didn't, like, know that that's not solid wood. Like, because she's seen me make stuff out of before, she just assumed it was solid wood because it didn't look like f- subflooring. So how do we right. expect the piece, the people on the other end of the Facebook marketplace, you know, uh, thing to know that if my, you know, my wife didn't know that until I explained it to her. So that's why... It's up to you to explain it to them with pictures with big red arrows and big, or big red X's and big green arrows. So then maybe our responsibility goes back to education. Not yes, only 100%. To, to educating them on what we want that would be helpful yeah. and also what would be good for the planet, but mostly what would be helpful to us. So um, here, let me throw yeah, out the last is, What's good uh, for the planet in there is in there. You know. Yeah. I'll throw yeah. Out. I'll throw out the last little thing about responsibility as a reclaimer. And I like that we focused on as a reclaimer, not necessarily woodworker. Do we have an example, uh, a responsibility or an obligation in our community of reclaimers to set the example? Can you elaborate a little yeah, bit more on what that means? I, I can. Somebody starting out and say they listen to Reclaim Audio and they say, hey, I want to I do that. Does that put us on the spot? Are we now responsible or obligated to set a good example by actually using reclaimed materials and doing our best to, you know what I mean? So if we're walking the walk, do we have to, you know, if we're talking the talk, do we have to walk the walk? Well, I I don't think that's ever something I've ever thought about necessarily, but I feel like I do have that obligation to as much as I can, as much as makes sense, as much as practical or or that pays to well, you know you think about it like you think about it like in the in the news you know currently and and very frequently when you know political figures or, or religious figures or, or actors or famous people are caught breaking the rules that they purport to be you know supposedly for you know and, and you know or, or like teaching you know it happens or, all the time or being hypocritical right exactly you know and and that's a it's a huge letdown to a lot of people are like oh that guy yeah. did that too he's the one that told us not to do that and so I right. think that yeah if we're going to be standing here saying you should reclaim and I'm you know I'm importing rosewood from Indonesia on the other side that makes me no better than those lying cheating types yeah that, um, that not that I'm saying beautiful yeah yeah not that I'm saying that it is really good <laughs> well I got a shipment coming right now I'm just kidding <laughs> but, <laughs> but that you know that makes us you know Inauthentic. Hypocrite. That's the last thing yeah. you, know, you want to be. It doesn't matter what time about reclaiming or, or you know, saying I'm a woodworker, but you're really making everything out of you know MDF. Like then you're an MDF worker, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever tried to necessarily think of that as being some kind of a transaction where I was like, I'm upholding the ideals that I spout off on a regular weekday. That's just what I do. You know what I mean? Like I will always right. think first about how to do this reclaimed if I can. If I can't. Then yeah, listen. I'm gonna have to buy a sheet of OSB or whatever, you know, yeah. to, to well, do I, this project. The reason I, I, ask I buy that stuff is, too. You know, but, but the reason I, I asked that is I was in the big box store and I'm seeing all of these um, uh, pallet wood flooring <laughs> manufactured <Yeah. laughs> pallet wood flooring or manufactured pallets and or crates, and I'm like. You know, and, and I know people are buying these things and they're making stuff out of this stuff that they're buying out of the big box right. store. Not that you can't buy lumber at the big box store, but when you buy something that says, hey, this is, you know, it's pallet wood or it's manufactured pallet wood, and you're saying, hey, I made this out of pallet wood. Made. Wait a minute. You're they're saying buying big, it for the look. They're not buying it for the message. Are you saying I that big think. companies will lie and cheat and steal? I don't believe it. 
Wait, are you saying that too? Because I wouldn't have thought it until you said it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, they're they're, they're buying a trend and a, and a look at that point in time. Yeah, you know, for sure. Well, yeah, but I also know that there's some really sneaky peets out there, and there they are. will actually if it's if it's the way to if it's the way to make money because they can buy something in bulk that's not the real deal. They'll do that, and they will claim it to be reclaimed. Oh, I'm they sure it's happened. It. To, I'm sure you yeah. guys have had that happen too. Like I've had people say like, oh hey, you know, I got this reclaimed coffee table. Can you make me a matching side table? And they'll send me a picture of this table like oh i bought this off a local and it's you know home depot two by fours have been hit by chains and you know yeah, and, yeah. And stained walnut you know and i'm just like i can't i can't make anything like that for you and like yeah you don't want to like <laughs> tell them like you know what i mean it's yeah. like like oh well, i'll never get it to match is what i would yeah say. i would say like yeah no i'm busy you know like you know <laughs> you got uh, you got super ripped busy off this month yeah you yeah. got ripped off i can't say that like yeah like i took took you you know but and then and that you know we've talked about that before in the podcast that really steams my broccoli which is probably where the first time I said that because it gives us a bad name you know so they this is garbage this sure. is you know and all these guys are liars and and again there's that's, that you know that's a lot of anxiety I think having your broccoli steamed if there was only a way to have a like a coupon code that can counterbalance that and make you feel better like <laughs> Kling Spores Woodworking Shop. If they were on board with something that we could do to utilize our podcast to help everybody out, I'm just we saying. really we really yeah, can't I talk really about disagree. we really can't talk about the next Clingsport Woodworking Shop thing yet because I I have a lot to say about it already. Well, I feel like that would be unfair because I would have nothing to say. I'm I don't okay want with you talking. disagreeing, Phil. <laughs> I think in the in the spirit of doing it properly, we should probably hold off. Yeah, because I I have been utilizing it. Ah, now I'm hungry. Broccoli, anybody? <laughs> I'll, That's okay. I'll cut it. I know when I'm hungry, the first thing I reach for is broccoli for some reason. It's, Not, but I'll I, tell you what. I freaking love that what. stuff. I don't know why people make fun of broccoli. It's like no, no, no. no. I yeah. I do I, like I it a eat lot. it almost so, at least four yeah. nights a week. Just yeah, so you know. So do, I mean, it's a superfood. You can live off that stuff. It's delicious. Casey makes me eat it, but I do eat it four times right. a week. So we um, we got one of these Ninja Air Fryers not too long ago. Oh, yeah? Have you gotten rid of it yet? No, no. Oh, no. So we... <laughs> what do you mean? It, just, it feels like it's one of those trends that's going to be popping no. up in the free so we, column pretty quick. We, we got a little one, and we tried it out, and we liked it, but it really wasn't big enough. So we gave it away to a family member, and we oh. bought like a, a much bigger one. You could put a whole chicken in there if you want to. We haven't. We basically use it to fry slash roast vegetables as a side dish. And uh, two things are fantastic in there. One is to make kale chips. I don't know if you've yeah. ever made kale chips. Yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry, but there is no such thing as fantastic kale anything. I just you're, want to you're just, that out you're just simply wrong. Kale chips. I'm yeah. telling you. All yeah. you do is you take, like, you cut up kale into, like, small pieces, get rid of the stems. You toss it with a little bit of oil and salt, and you put it in this thing. They come out, like, crunchy. They're and delicious. They taste like chips. It's you unreal. Know, and the other I was talking broccoli. earlier about the big tractor and the mower thing. Now, in the summertime, when I clean out the bottom of that tractor and all those clippings come out and they dry in the sun, basically the same thing. And I'm not going to eat that. Listen, Bill, I don't want to put it's you on the spot here, but have you all. ever had a kale chip? I have. Oh, yeah? And you really thought it tasted like grass clippings? It, it, that would be not. If it tasted like what? grass clippings, I could almost live with it. Why would you be eating grass clippings to begin with? I'm just saying, the smell well, of fresh cut grass wouldn't be. I could. Look, Casey has made me eat things that are supposed to be good for me. I can do broccoli. I even. I can do Brussels sprouts as long as we call them broccoli oh, balls. Love Brussels sprouts. Because I don't want to be. A, I don't like In Brussels sprouts, but I like broccoli yeah. balls. Um, I can't do kale. I can't do kale chips. I can't do. You can't eat chips, but you could eat something called broccoli balls? <laughs> Because they're little balls of broccoli. I like broccoli, so if you tell me this is a little ball of broccoli, maybe if we called kale chips little broccoli chips. To like cabbage? Why does everything green have to be called broccoli? broccoli. (laughs) Like your imagination is fairly diminished on this topic. I'm okay with that. I like green beans. You see this emerald on my ring? You mean mean broccoli broccoli ring? Broccoli Broccoli beans. Actually, yes, I do mean that. I like your shirt. What color is that? Broccoli? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a forest broccoli. Yeah. Hey, okay. so to answer uh, all the questions that we said about responsibility and reclaiming, the answer is yes, I think. Yeah. Anyway. To some extent. I think it's but yes, not, comma, and dot, dot, dot. That's Yeah, like it's our responsibility up until it becomes something that's not good for us. Like kale chips. 
Oh god. Okay, hey, what's uh you know what? Do we I don't think we have any more any reviews this week. Bill, I can't believe it there are no more reviews. What are your thoughts on that topic? You know All what? All I can say is disappointment. I'm going to take over Nasty. because apparently Bill can't get reviews. Yeah. This was your one job on the wow. podcast, Bill, was to guilt <laughs> was to guilt these people into giving us reviews, and now this is you're two, fired. Two weeks Unless in we a get row. More reviews next week. Somebody's so, broccoli's all steamed right <laughs> so now. So now I'm going to have to be the, the heavy. I'm going to have to slam the broccoli down and say, if you don't write a review with five stars that we can read, it's Bill's. I don't know. Grounded. What are we going to do? Make him eat kale. <laughs> might be Bill's last week. So yeah. if you want to save this poor man and his job, <laughs> even though it is union. I, I'm going to have to say, please, please, somebody write me a review. Heaven forbid I can't do this again next week. Right. This is what he lives for. His mother-in-law told me. You know what? <laughs> um, I, think, I think that what I'm going to do is... Here we go. Here we go. Because the, we don't have a review, I'm going to just do review roulette and I'm gonna just find a review to read uh, this, uh, you see how really... desperate we are people you see how yeah. desperate we are here We're you know what I'm gonna do old reviews here's what I'm gonna do actually I'm gonna find we have three one star reviews I'm gonna read a negative review if I can find one. <laughs> oh, that's gonna have my name attached to it you know Is what it? please say all I can find with with writing on them are some three star reviews um, but and they all seem actually pretty positive. Oh, here, here's what started off great. There is loads of good info. This is from four years ago. Started off great. There is loads of. I'm not going to embarrass the people because they might still be listening and actually have changed their opinion. And if they have, they should probably write a new review. So maybe I should embarrass them. Started off you great. You should embarrass them. Okay, this yeah, is by. Yeah, embarrass the heck out of them. This is by zero three quarter. Started great. Too much off topic banter. Three stars. Um, I already have to agree with everything this author has to say. <laughs> Started we off built a podcast based on off-topic yeah. banter, Tim. Yeah, there, there is loads of it's good info. There is loads of good info and an opinion. Sadly, there's a lot of off-topic bantering, attempts at humor that the listeners don't get because a lot of inside jokes. Still dig the show, but some episodes become hard to enjoy because of the banter. Sadly, yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta agree with them. That we don't have any inside jokes. You know, we I don't have any jokes. I utilize this opportunity. <laughs> I disagree. I, I would I would have to say this at this point uh, we've been doing it for five years there are no more inside jokes everybody knows what we're talking about even yeah. people that listen for the first time they get it you know this one yeah. here says uh, this is from March 27th of 2016 so um, and it says gratuitous swearing which I think is just completely inaccurate I don't think we've ever had gratuitous swearing in our podcasts like right from the get go we wanted it to be yeah. family friendly and we bleeped them they probably meant somebody else's podcast. Uh, or they just meant Bill, because we had to bleep him a few times. In the beginning, you were... You know what? You, you guys slip. keep saying that, but I haven't... It's, uh, that oh, no, you're the, the best one now. After that... Yeah. yeah you had a few, I'm the best when one. When we first started, you, you had a few weeks. You guys are little potty mouth one and potty mouth two. Damn straight. I mean... <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Dang, damn it. I did that See? on purpose. But I uh, know, you're right. You you worked hard at that, and I'm, I'm giving you props for that. Our first few episodes, Super. you used your, your workshop mouth and then you learn to not use your workshop mouth and I just Phil, pretend to like both you and Phil are my mother-in-law and Phil developed workshop mouth you could do a lot worse than Marita okay I don't <laughs> like your tone young man I don't know what that means okay um, what's next next is some kind of a tip a weekly tip if you will um. Uh, neither of you. I have. I have something kind of like a tip, but well, we I will you give you one tip because I didn't have this right away. It's a very cheap tool and it's super useful. It's a rubber mallet. Oh okay. yeah. And, you, yeah. and you think why do I need a rubber mallet? I have a hammer. Okay. There are loads of times where you want to hit something like a can to close it, and if you hit it with a hammer, you will dent the can and the lid will not close properly. But if you use a rubber mallet, you will close the can without denting it, and you'll get a much better seal. I knock apart furniture with the rubber mallet a lot of the times because it won't uh, dent the furniture either. It'll just sort of apply a good amount of pressure to bang it apart, but it won't damage it. Rubber mallet, five the bucks. One, the one downside to the rubber mallet is it, it 
does leave if you have a black one it'll leave those black marks on things um so i um then it'll leave white marks on things possibly maybe that i just recently acquired a white one it was in a box of junk i got um yeah and it does seem better but my black one if it'll it'll leave like like skids um and mm. so what i would do is put masking tape over it when i um well, that's smart. There's, my, there's, so that's, there's my second that's tip a hybrid that. tip mm. but don't cheap out I, on the masking I, tape i have a weird tip and i'll just make it quick but it's kind of an ew uh caught somebody we're having a problem with vagrancy and everything around the airport caught somebody cutting through the fence and the police had to be called everything and we got his whole bag of tools Right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. a backpack full of tools he was using for nefarious deeds. And here's the tip. I don't care if they're brand new. They all get thrown away. Just saying. Cause I don't understand. What yeah. you because it's, they're just, there's nothing sanitary about that backpack and anything that's in it. That's all I'm saying. So the tip is, don't utilize tools you find from homeless people. Oh, that's a, that's a good tip. Tim, yep. you should write that one down. Yo, hang on. You probably bump up against that a lot. Yeah. Don't use homeless. <laughs> well, the, re- the reason it's, it's funny. So the reason I had to say that is because our security personnel who yeah. made this whole thing happen decided that, oh, maybe the maintenance guys will want to keep all of this squishy, gooey stuff. And they yeah. brought and they sent three bags of nasty in my shop. So today when I got there, I'm like, where's the rubber gloves? These are going away. Don't you want to look at it? Nope. I don't need to open anything or see nothing. It's just Wow. So there's your tip. I was laughing because Tim has a keyboard that he keeps with him that is not plugged into anything, simply so that he could do the typing sound. And it's an old, looks like an iMac keyboard. Am I right? It is. So back in the day when I used to write a lot. G3. Uh, this is a G3 keyboard, yes. So back in the day, because uh, I used to work at a newspaper like 100 years ago, and um, you know when I worked at the office, we had iMacs. Um, but then I started working from home, and I bought a laptop. But when I was writing, uh, like if you're writing serious writing, like the laptop just is terrible. So I have this old G3 keyboard I would plug in. But this is the other thing. This is, Here's my other tip for you. If you're a terrible typist like myself, when you have a real keyboard, you can remove the caps lock button as you can see there mm-hmm. so you don't accidentally yeah. hit it and type a whole bunch of words in caps before you look down and go oh, I typed a whole bunch of words in caps you know because I don't type properly I don't stare at the screen I you know I look at my hands a lot and stuff that's what happens when you type with one finger uh, no I, I used to <laughs> yeah I got Perfect. two hands you know good yeah, yeah. good rhythm yeah. Um, but so that's why that's here just in case I do have to do a couple pages of writing like if I have uh, I'll, I'll plug it in and I'll I'll clack away I don't do that kind I love of thing much anymore. Like when I when I write for Make Magazine, for example. Have you done that recently? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you should mention. <laughs> what uh, grabbed your attention this week? Uh, did Tim, did you or did you yours? Yeah, um, Make with Miles. Yes, he did. Yeah, right. M- make with Miles. Uh, Billy Lutz. Well, I, I'm proud to say one of my best friends, uh, you, you mentioned his name, Phil, uh, Langston Constructicon. He's one of my best friends, uh, he, but okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's my best friend. Um, mm-hmm. So he has a habit of, of texting me, or it's on Instagram, so the Instagram messaging, uh, music. Like yeah, a me too. Video. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's stuff I've never heard of. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Sometimes, though, it's something that I do know, and it's so out there that I didn't know I know it. But this one he texted me, Check out Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. This is a late 60s, oh. early 70s R&B group. Yeah. And the name of the song is Wake Up Everybody. Once you hear it, I promise you most people yeah. have heard it before, but I do remember this band. Uh, it, it was pretty awesome. I'm like, oh, let's check out what you know, my best friend's going to send me now. And I click the button. I'm like, oh, I know this song. Oh, my gosh. This is this is Harold Melvin in the, in the Blue Notes. And... Famously, uh, people that you might recognize that, that are associated with this band, like Teddy Pendergrass and Lou Rawls. So, anyway. Oh, Lou Rawls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lou Rawls. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, he sent me that one this morning also, by the way. But, uh, um, what's it called again? Snoop Dogg famously mentions uh, Melvin and the Blue Notes as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, like, my song, best friend. Yeah. That's what caught my attention. My best friend likes him. So. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, keep tossing that around. Um, so, 
I like to dabble in a lot of different things, and I think a lot of us do. Uh, you know, like I like to make with wood, I like to make with metal, I like to work on electronics, I like to dabble in programming. And, uh, and as long as it sort of makes sense. So the thing that I like to program is like data analysis kind of stuff. And uh, the language to do that in, for me, that I find very easy is, or not very easy, but most accessible, let's say, is Python. And there's a really great YouTuber out there. His name is Derek Sherrill. And uh, not huge, but 40,000 subscribers. And he makes fantastic Python uh, tutorials that are really like have world, uh, real world applications. So he'll say things like, how do you get the information from a website to put it into a table that you could then do something with it? You know, like how do you grab this and then do that? And then he shows you with fantastic uh, examples and he speaks very clearly and he's a good dude. And so that's who I'm recommending. I've been watching a bunch of his stuff recently. Well, Derek well Sherrill. Yeah. You know, interestingly, the cover article of the August edition of Make Magazine is all about Python. I did see that. Uh, and you were in that magazine, is that correct? Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a little thing in there about Oh, you're in that doors, as well? Okay, yeah, yeah. The new, the new palette, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Kind of, a big, kind of a big deal. I feel like I have an obligation to mention my responsibility to say what a great job you're doing. I oh, like the way both things. of you are utilizing this time to uh, talk about Klingspore's woodworking shop and their 10% off on a very valuable pack of sandpaper. Broccoli. Our websites, <laughs> williamlutes.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to leave us one of those voice notes. You record your voice on your phone. You send it to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and we probably will read it out loud as long as it is not, you know, creepy. You know who I'm talking about. You're out there. And hit us up on Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio. Uh, iTunes reviews. <laughs> Need I say more? Let's get some five-star reviews out there so that we can uh, read them out loud for you guys. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. It's literally the best way to keep us going. Guys, it's five years, 250th episode. It's not exactly five years. We're almost at five years. But this is the 250th episode. And um, I just want to say thank you to our audience. And I want to say thank you to my co-hosts for making this a pleasure to do every single week. I concur. What? I should have concurred. <laughs> Yes, it is indeed, indeed a, a, a pleasure and a privilege to continue to make this podcast for 250 episodes now. Wow. Yeah, it's great. That's special, guys. That's almost, and yeah, we're a few shy of five years. Is that what it comes down to? Yeah, I think yeah. in September or October, we're five years. Mm. So I took it upon myself, Phil, to go ahead and just uh, send out like a mass email with your home address on it for the actual five-year party at your house. Oh, if I felt that you could actually send out a mass email, I would be scared of <laughs> you doing that. <laughs> touche, brother. Touche. So, so I'm calling your bluff on that. But everyone's if it weren't COVID, we probably would have done some kind of in-person oh, meetup for this. You know, yeah. it would have been super cool. So let's save it for 300. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's right. say. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, making it was talking about doing something at 200. And um, yeah. for their 200, which is like R1 90 or whatever, because we're not that far behind yeah. them. And, but then, you know, everything, the world's just been crazy. And So, so I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say that in 50 episodes, which is less than a year, yeah. that we will have an in-person meetup, get-together, big or small, I don't care. I want to get out there, and I want to see everybody again. And if not, I, I bet it. the Zoom technology will be awesome by then. <laughs> so oh, we can do something that way. <laughs> Holograms. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good. Yeah, or don't. <laughs> <laughs>